0: Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guests. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being dressed like it. So be yourself, be authentic because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guests. Well, I am very pleased to have my guest with me today. And that is Daniel Harkerby. Daniel is truly a visionary leader and I'm super excited to talk about being a visionary leader and impact on society. Daniel, how are you today?
1: I am doing very well, Jackie. Very, very well. It's great to be with you. Thank you for the kind intro.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last year and definitely very impressed with your vision and your leadership. And so I'm really excited to talk about um, what's on the horizon for you and, and, and Set Path. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. But first of all, my, my first question to you is 14 months into the pandemic, okay, almost 15 now, right, Reme? Yeah. Are we going, oh my gosh, right. 15 months into the pandemic. What is one thing that you're most looking forward to doing over the next 12 months that you have not been able to do over the last 15 months?
1: Oh, I'm going to say it's uh, just the connecting with some of the friends and some of the family that I've not been able to see. Um, that's probably, uh, by far the most exciting, um, followed right behind that is international travel. Um, I've been able to do some travel over the past few months, but nothing, uh, well, there was one little international trip a few months ago, but that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Oh, I know. How about you? Same for me, Daniel. I'm ready to travel. I am so ready to travel. So what's your prediction? When do you think we're going to be able to travel internationally? What would be your guess?
1: Well, I just contracted to be in Iceland the 3rd week of July. Oh, okay. And Iceland is stating that if you have if you've been vaccinated or if you have the antibody, the you know the the covid antibody that you don't need to Uh, quarantine for five days. And I have corporate clients that are coming in from around the world. Uh, We're going to be doing an executive retreat there. And uh, I'm actually getting the antibody test uh, Friday because early last year, uh, after uh, some work I was doing over in Asia, I came back and I I got pretty sick for a couple months and I I didn't get uh, diagnosed. I just kind of muscled through it. And, uh, but one of my very good friends is my doctor. And he's like, you buddy, you you had it. You absolutely had it. Oh. So now I'm saying, okay, well, let's test because if I have it, then I get to travel internationally at least to a few countries.
0: Okay. So I think,
1: you know, I think I think within the next few months we've got people traveling internationally and not having to quarantine. Right now there are places you can go, but you need to just add a few days to your trip.
0: Exactly. Right. We were looking at potentially going to Canada and you had to self-quarantine for a few days. And so we just decided that's probably not going to be a good idea because it was a vacation. So we're gonna yeah. keep we're probably gonna stay in the US this year for vacation, but hopefully next year. <laughs> there you go. There you
1: hopefully go. Hopefully
0: next year. And I am definitely looking forward to connecting with more people and, and being able to do it in a in a way that you're not concerned about getting the virus. So I'm I'm looking forward to that as well.
1: Very much you know, looking forward to that. As as we sit here and talk about it, you and I are looking at each other on Zoom. Right. And I see your smile. I can't wait to be able to see smiles again. I am. So I just look at the relational impact of us not being able to see below um, our eyes, you know, see one another. I really think there there, there are some significant relational and neurological challenges that take place for us as humans when we don't get to connect like this and actually see, uh, you know, that that wink, that smile, that yeah.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. Well, Daniel, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. First, about you personally, then we'll get to uh, you know what you do. But tell yeah. the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. Well, I've been married to my high school sweetheart for going on thirty-three years, Sherry. We we met when we were eleven, and and you fast forward today, we're grandparents, and we have four kids, two of them married, two granddaughters in this last year. Um, so our oldest is 30. Our youngest is 17. It's a girl, boy, boy, girl. And then we've had nine other young adults living with us over the years. Right now we have another 17-year-old young lady living with us, and she's precious. And, uh, and that's been a, a regular part of our story. We've had always additional house guests. We run a kind of a, a high, crazy Harkaby Hotel hostel thing, and it's fun. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I, uh, I love spending time with my family. Um, I love the outdoors. I've been surfing since I was young and I, I'm still out in the water quite often. Uh, so, you know, when you look at the earlier question about travel, I, I do take some risks. I surfed Mexico a few months ago and I, I surfed in Maui for most of January, which I've been doing forever. I've been, you know, always traveling to, uh, to different locations to, to enjoy that passion. Um, I'm a man of faith. Uh, uh, and have been since the age 22. And, uh, and my Christian faith has really formed a lot of how I see the world. Um, and, and that's me. You know, you, You'll hear me as I share what I do vocationally, and it might make sense as to why I do what I do. But 25 years ago, I started an executive coaching company, and that's called Building Champions. And we're executive coaching and leadership development got a team of coaches, uh, throughout the the United States. And, and we get to work with wonderful business leaders like, uh, like you, which is why we're here. Our relationship started through, uh, building champions in Bristol, my squib. And, and we get to work with just great leaders, not only in the U S but around the world. And, uh, I get to do some writing. I get to do some speaking. I get to serve as an executive coach and CEO mentor. And uh, I get to serve in some not-for-profit situations and try to be grateful and make the most of every opportunity in these short days that I have here on this planet.
0: That that's awesome. You know, thank you for jumping into what you're currently doing. You did, you know, set it up a little bit regarding set path that we're gonna talk about that a little in a in a little while. Um but how do you, I want to jump into being a visionary leader. You talked about your your business. You are a leader. You own Building Champions. That was your, your dream, your vision. How do you define visionary leadership, Daniel?
1: Well, you know, I, I don't really see leadership in the absence of vision. So I think vision is is. Um, it's an absolute mandate for leadership. Nobody wants to follow a leader who's going to take them to a place that's similar, the same mediocre, or worse off, right? So leaders, leaders who do exceptional work usually have a burden or a passion to create something of value, something of meaning, something of purpose, And they're willing to sacrifice for it. Uh, Jackie, I I just wrote a book that you're familiar with The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders. And the second perspective that a leader needs to have in order to make the best decisions and have maximum influence is they have to have vision. They need to have the ability to make the invisible visible. They need to paint a picture of a tomorrow that is clear and compelling, two required C's clear and compelling. It's got to be clear enough to build plans from and compelling enough to cause you to risk and to stretch. And if that happens, then you can engage the heads and the hearts of others to come together in an extraordinary way to create an extraordinary future. And great leaders, that's who they are. They they are vision. They walk it, they talk it, they breathe it. It's, it's not just something you do. It's something you're passionate about. And, and you live in that future state with one foot while your other foot's planted in perspective one, this current reality.
0: So you you mentioned something in that in that response about purpose. What what's your purpose, Daniel? What is your purpose?
1: So my purpose, I can answer it two ways. Organizationally is at Building Champions, we exist to use and build our God given gifts to make a positive and lasting difference in the life of each person we coach one person at a time. I'm the CEO. I brought that vision to my my company because it's birthed out of my belief as to why I'm here. I believe that I was created to stir up love and good works. And that's why I think we humans are here. We are the image bearers of the one who created us to stir up love and good works. So my purpose is to bring out the best in people. My purpose is to come alongside them and to serve them in ways that enable them to be the best they can be. I'm a servant. And uh, my purpose is to see the goodness in them, in others, in every human, and to sit there and where needed, transfer hope and belief into them and then to help them to identify steps that can enable them to become more of who they were created to be. And I get to do that and I've been doing that for most of my adult life and and I built a business around it. And now a not for profit, which we'll talk about in the moments ahead, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's jump to that. So I I love what you said about your purpose. You're a servant. You're looking to do good, to make a positive difference in the lives of others. And you just You just definitely demonstrate that at all times, Daniel. You really, really do. You're a very caring person, and it's very genuine, and I love that, and authentic. So you're you're starting this um, nonprofit set path. Tell the listeners a little bit about Set Path and and then also how that aligns to your purpose and and your vision as a leader.
1: Yeah. So Set Path is a community benefit, not for profit that has been established to transfer hope, belief, and direction into America's young adults, those ranging in age from 15 to 30. And I love the demographic of 15 to 30. Um, So many big decisions get made. When we're in that period of time, uh, there have been books written and a lot of research done on people in the age range from 20 to 30. That's called the defining decade. You make career decisions, partnership decisions, family decisions, location decisions. You make big decisions in that defining decade, many do, that can then set the trajectory of their life. But, but who we are, what we think, believe, and feel impacts those big decisions and oftentimes, when we get into this period of life, many have been um, many have been exposed to a lot of. We'll just say hurtful realities. Um, they haven't been poured into uh, the the goodness in them has not been called out. What they've heard more so is where they don't measure up, where they don't have what it takes, where they're not good enough, fast enough, pretty enough, smart enough. Uh, where they were born on the wrong side of the tracks, where their family isn't right, where they didn't have the fortune that others did. And and the way I look at it is humans have amazing potential. And I know I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for others who saw goodness in me and spoke belief and hope into me. So Set Path is going to bring life planning and mentorship to America's young adults at no cost. We're using a proven framework, which is a framework that I wrote a book about, uh, six years ago. It's called Living Forward. And it brings a life planning model, a structure to help young people. That's what Seth Pat's focusing on, to help young people to identify what's most important in their life, who they want to become in each of those areas. And then we're going to equip them with a mentor to help them to see more, believe more, and then do more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And we're going to bring it to every community that we possibly can. First off here in the U.S., But my vision is that Set Path will follow the book, Living Forward, which is now in more than 20 languages around the world. And I would love to see Set Path impacting young people around the world. We just need to figure out how to to do it well here in the US first.
0: That's that's fantastic. And and I know during this um, time of us being in this pandemic, that, that age group has really been impacted quite a bit with what's been going on. And it's been, it's been tough for all of us, but it's been especially tough for, for that age group. So really investing in that age group is, is absolutely outstanding. How, Daniel, how do you feel investing in this you know, group of individuals from 15 to 30 across different walks of life will impact society? How do you think that's going to impact society? It's
1: huge. You know, it's really huge. Look at movements over previous decades, the hippie movement. What was the age of those that started the hippie movement? It was this demographic. And the reason for it was back in those times, they lost hope. See, what happened was you had the Vietnam War going on. Not only that, you had the fear of a nuclear holocaust, a nuclear ending of the war, right? Or of the world. So, there were young people that were thinking, why should we strive for a better tomorrow when today is so confusing and there's no guarantee of tomorrow? So, they shifted and began really living more for self. You know, it was guised under love, and I'm not going to go there, but, you know, th- there was a loss of hope. So, here we are today, and the whole world shuts down. And young people who are forming like big, big belief paradigms and have great hopes for their future, all that gets shut down and they get put into isolation. And they're at such a social age to where so much of their formation is taking place. And in the absence of routine and in the absence of relationship, it can get pretty dark for them. So Jackie, I live outside of Portland, Oregon. I'm in West Lynn, as you know. And um, when... uh, When this whole thing began, the pandemic, back in March of last year, uh, I started doing some some videos that I put out on social media called Leading in Difficult Times. We were two weeks into the pandemic, March 29th, and I did an episode where I said I have three fears. I'm afraid of COVID, but I'm more afraid of the health ramifications that will result from a global shutdown and what we're going to be encountering. I'm more concerned about strokes. I'm more concerned about... Uh, heart disease. I'm more concerned about mental well-being, depression, suicide. I'm, I'm worried about our health. Concern number one. Number two, finances. When a whole world shuts down, and again, this is two weeks into this, when a whole world shuts down, I'm worried about the financial impact, not so much for myself, but for society. Really concerned. What happens to those that are minimum wage? What happens to those that are not able to miss a paycheck? And there's a ton, right? What happens when people can't put food on the table? Well, that leads to my third fear. When I'm afraid of you because you can make me sick and no longer can I have relationship with you. And I now have my financial means being taken away. Uh, My greatest fear is how do we humans see one another? And instead of seeing one another as, hey, you can help me, I can help you, we can love one another, I now become afraid of you. And you might want something that I have, or you might infect me and make me sick. So now how we see one another changes. And that has a real negative impact on society. And I, I shared that on March 29th. And then on April 6th, the head of the world, the head of the United Nations called for a ceasefire on domestic violence because 911 calls were increasing around the world as a result of women and children being abused, beaten, nasty, right? Then you fast forward to May and May, we see one of the most horrific things that we've ever seen with the brutal murder of George Floyd. And then you see the community's response, and then I see what happens to my my town, Portland. And I see that, you know, I, I had a business in Portland. I helped start a, one of the best restaurants in Portland. And I see my friends that own these restaurants and everything, and, and they're laying off people by the dozens. And there many are fearful for their families and the neighborhoods and things are being destroyed. And I'm looking at the age range of the people doing the destruction, both sides. it's those young folks, they're angry, they're lost. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't be, but I am saying we got a problem. So that's when the board of uh, building champions, my advisory board came together and said, we need to do something about this, Daniel, what are you going to give away? And they all knew we're gonna give away life planning and mentorship. We know how to do that day in and day out. We've been doing it with leaders. More than hundreds of thousands, we've been doing it, so we're going to figure out how to impact the youth. Because if we do, as they continue to grow, they'll be a positive force in society instead of a negative force in society. They'll see that they can affect a better tomorrow. They'll know how to do it, and one by one, we'll see if we can't make a, a significant difference.
0: That's that's awesome, Daniel. And I mean, you just laid out very, very cl- clearly the impact that this pandemic and just other challenges that we have faced this year, the social injustice issues have really impacted this demographic group. And, you know, a lot of them, like you said, have really stood up and they, you know, said, you know, this is not something we're going to accept. We want to see change. And I think that's also a very positive thing. You mentioned early on in your introduction that you've had nine um, young people staying with you, you know, since, you know, over the years. How has that since yes, 96. How has, hmm. how has that influenced your decision to move forward with that path? Also, it's it's very inspiring to see someone care so deeply like you do, and and take action. So, how has those living, ha- having those individuals live with you, inspired you to move forward with that path?
1: You, um, seven of the nine came to us with real problems, either addictions or um, real darkness. So, you know. Um, one moved in five days post-suicide attempt. And what my wife and I have observed is if you can create a space where you can just live healthy, you can change how somebody believes about themselves, how they function, and then how they move into society. And every single one of them is clean. Every single one of them are contributing. They've all left here really well so i don't think it will work i know it works and i love that stage of life where you're you're wrestling through and you're wondering and 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 trying to figure out what's the big story going to be like and yet everything you encounter every challenge you encounter when you're 15 16 17 18 22 whatever it may be those challenges many of them feel terminal, like, oh my gosh, this is going to define me. And if I don't get this right, I'm, I'm toast. And then they become fearful of taking risks. And, and I know as a, a grandpa now, I know that those are actually just um, intersections that you can turn left or right in, and they're not going to be terminal or defining. And you know, I have a whole belief system around failure and, and the beauty of it. And how we need to look at it from a healthy perspective. Actually, Jackie, you need to know this. I, I've not wanted to write another book for a while. I have one that I really do want to write, but I just haven't had the bandwidth. And yesterday I came up with another one. So now there's two that I'm excited about. And it's really around this it's around identity, feelings, belief, uh, thinking. And, uh, you know, it's the gears. You've seen me do this before, but then the outer gears. And I've got like four different gears now. Uh, I want to take the neuroscience and brain research. Behind transformation, and I want to make it incredibly digestible and give people tactics and techniques that can enable them to, to feel, think, believe better about who they are, and then what's possible as they move forward. So I don't even remember what you asked me, Jackie. No, it you was asked about no. those
0: kids. And, <laughs> it and, was great. And, it was about the information yeah. of the nine people that have lived with you, and you you answered it perfectly. Okay. So so the so what advice you you are clearly a visionary leader. So what advice would you give to other individuals that want to be a visionary leader and have impact on society? I think that's a distinguishing factor because you can be a visionary leader within your organization, which is absolutely outstanding. But if you want that visionary leadership to also impact society, what what advice would you give to leaders like
1: that. It was about 2001, and I was on a speaking tour with uh, a thought leader by the name of John Maxwell. And John has been just a prolific you know, uh, thought leader in the whole leadership space for decades now. John's, uh, I think he's turning 75 um, next month. And John, early on, we did some fun things together. And uh, we were doing something around the country. I think we hit like 17 different cities. We were doing something called Real Teams, and I would speak, John would speak, I would speak, John would speak, and, and I would always hit the topic of vision. And I would challenge audiences in every state, no matter where I was, I would challenge them to tell me what it was they did. And then I would come up with a greater purpose and a greater vision than maybe they were thinking they had. And, um, and it was always fun. And I only got stumped one time, one time. What I will tell you is that you've gotta be crystal clear on how your product, your service, or your function serves fellow man. As a result of doing what it is that you do, you make it better for others. And every business, oh, we make plumbing fixtures. Well, why do you do that? Well, because we've got the market cornered and we've got high margins and we make shareholders a lot of money. That's not your purpose. What's the purpose? Why does somebody buy one of those products? Well, it's aesthetically pleasing. It's beautiful when you see it in the kitchen or it, it lasts forever. So you invest a hundred dollars. You never have to spend it again. So it's a stewardship issue. You're always looking for what's that purpose. What's the benefit, the, the reason for the organization, your function, your department existing. I say that you will do well if you craft a vision that answers three questions. And I call them the three B's. What do we belong to? Who are we going to become? And what are we going to build? If you can answer that in your vision, you belong to an organization that has this purpose. We have these convictions that we use to make these decisions. Now I know I belong and everybody wants to belong. Okay, good. Now let's get aspirational. Who are we going to become? If I trade in the majority of my waking hours, I give my best to this organization for five or 10 years, paint a picture picture for me. Who would become in the future? And it needs to be aspirational and it needs to be clear and compelling, like I said earlier. And then tell me, what are we going to build? Why are we going to do this? What are we going to build? Like, it's going to take a Herculean effort. At Building Champions, our big vision for our businesses is that by 2023, we want to be serving 1,000 leaders at the same time through coaching. So 1,000 in our coaching programs here in the US, net promoter score north of 75, diversification of no organization, or industry representing more than 25% of our overall business. And then we have some other performance metrics. If we do that right, then we'll have figured out and earned the opportunity to put boots in the ground in 10 countries, positioning ourselves to be working with 10,000 leaders at the same time. And, and that's my vision. Now, will I be alive when we get to 10,000? I don't know, but I do know that our principles and that coaching and that everything that we do here in the States, today we're doing it around the world anyways, but we would be so much more effective and there would be so much more growth if we had boots in the ground in Europe and in Mexico and in Brazil and in Canada and in Japan. I mean, it's so... Um, I see it. And it's also that we can help one leader to improve how they lead themselves, their team, and their business. And as a result of that, they'll create a better culture for all the tens of thousands of people that work in those businesses. Those people have better work experiences. They'll go home better humans.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's very clear that you are very clear on your like earlier from your purpose, your vision, direction of your organization. And, and that is huge. You're able to just, you know, very easily share what you're striving for and which is is absolutely outstanding and state your purpose and vision. That's beautiful. So we're, we're going to take a, a quick Thanks. pause on those questions. And I'm going to ask you three fun questions and then we'll finish up with a, a few additional questions. So are you ready? I want you to just say the first thing that comes sure. to your mind. Okay.
1: All righty. Okay,
0: so first one, if you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you and why?
1: So in today's times, I think I can. Um, you know, in, in this technological world, uh, I love where I live. I really love where I live. I love Spain too. Okay. I love the lifestyle of Spain. Um We've we've done a fair amount of travel. I like Spain a lot. Uh, there's surf in Spain. There's wonderful food. There's, you know, an afternoon drink and a nap, big meal yeah. at night.
0: <laughs> I know it's like the time. Love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I love Mexico and I love Costa Rica and I love Hawaii and I love the Maldives. And I love, love, love. There's <laughs> this world's got so many great places.
0: But the first one that came to mind was Spain, Awesome. Yeah. What What about what food could you not live without?
1: It's got to be Mexican food. You know, last night we had probably eighteen of us here. We do Taco Tuesday every every week. Uh, my wife, my wife's mother's name is Gloria Maria Garcia. My wife learned to cook. She's super organic and healthy, and makes the best you know best food out there. But when she whips up the good Spanish food, uh, you know, the Mexican food, I love it. Love
0: oh, it. okay. <laughs> Excellent. So that's probably why Spain too. So the so yeah. last question here. Think back. What has been one of the happiest moments
1: of your life? Well, I can tell you I had four of them. The first time I saw each one of my kids, uh, as they made their grand entrance. Nothing better, nothing better. My 25th wedding anniversary, Sherry and I spent in the Maldives was one of the best experiences of my life. I have been blessed. I could give you like, I could give you a lot of them and they're all up there, but just seeing the kids for the first time.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. so cool. <laughs> it yeah. is. You just fall in love immediately. It is beautiful. It's yeah. also such an awesome thing. Yep. Well, thank- <laughs> well, thanks for answering those questions. I have a couple more questions before we close out.
1: I want to hear your answers to those questions. I know it's your podcast, but (laughs) what are your answers? What's the food you couldn't live without? Oh gosh. Has anyone asked you this on your podcast? Have you had a guest turn the table on you?
0: No, I haven't. So thank you for being the first one.
1: (laughs) All right, I'm going to ask you all three questions, Jackie, because these are your followers, your tribe, you're making a difference. They want to know if you could live anywhere, if you could eat anything and uh, your happiest moments. Go. So
0: I would say for the first one, where would I live? I actually, Spain. Um, I actually asked someone that question earlier today. And, and it was for me, it's it Spain. So I really, I went there about seven years ago. Loved it. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, love the lifestyle there. Um, as far as what food I could not live without, probably, I'm going to sound really like healthy and I try to be healthy, but salad, I eat yep. salad all the time, different types of salad, yep. but I absolutely love salad. And then as far as my happiest moment, um, yeah, I actually have to say starting with my wedding, um, that day mm. I felt like a, a princess for the day and then seeing both yeah. of my, I have two kids and just, you know, seeing my kids, I, I have to just, I'm with you on that one. It's, it's nothing like it. Yeah, but That's I'll awesome. start with saying my wedding.
1: <laughs> how, how many years have you guys been married? 30. All right. Yeah. That's a big years. one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 30 years last September. So heading into 31 this year.
1: Good for you. Good yeah. for you. <laughs>
0: So, well, thank so you for as the question it's I have. nice
1: having you as our host.
0: Thank you. So, as the question is to close out here, Daniel, um, what advice would you give to the demographic audience for Set Path that you talked about, the 15 to 30 year old group that might be listening to this podcast right now? Most of those listeners probably would be like in the 20 year old range. Um, mm. But what advice would you give them?
1: I have an absolute belief that I would share with them. And the first thing I would want them to know is, that you're no random accident. You are no random accident. And I don't care what your life story is. And I know that for many listening, they can tell me stories of hurts and, and why maybe their life um, has been more challenged than others. And I would never take anything away from that, from them. Never, 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 never. But you're no random accident and you can be used for some real goodness. That's point number two. Um, number three is you need to be open to it and ready to work hard. Uh, Anybody who has ever accomplished anything of significance, they've got their hands really dirty. They've sweat a whole bunch. They've taken risks. They have failed and they've failed and they've failed. Ah, another point. I oftentimes ask people to to finish this sentence, put in the middle word, failure blanks me. Jackie, maybe you've heard me do this before, but I will ask Audiences of 100, 200, 300, and I'll just have them start yelling it out. And people are transparent. People will say things such as "failure intimidates me," "failure defines me," uh, "failure teaches me," and when I hear "failure teaches me," I'm like bingo because we've all failed, and I've got more failure stories than I do success stories. Success just happens day after day, but I can tell you of about of a few near deaths, where gosh darn did I fail. But for some reason I get up and I ask for forgiveness and I, I journal my lessons and my, uh, my, my, my learnings and, and I try to move forward. And it's part of all of us. So you're no random accident. You got great opportunities ahead of you. Take risks, dream, and uh, be open to change be open to having somebody speak into your life, get ready to work hard, and you'll be used to do some pretty cool things.
0: That's awesome. And I, was, you know, that that advice definitely can apply to anyone, not even in that demographic group, right? Those are all great things yeah. as well. Those are awesome. So last couple of questions, Daniel. Um, what has been the best and worst leadership advice that you have ever been given?
1: Jackie, I I can't recall the worst leadership advice I've been given. I I just don't remember getting bad leadership advice.
0: Okay. That's great.
1: Um, I do. I do. uh, I do have several um, wonderful memories and stories of people giving me great leadership advice. Um, You know, I, I remember one of my partners who was a client of mine. He's now a partner at Building Champions. He's coach emeritus. Jerry Baker is mid-70s, um, and I started coaching Jerry when he was my age, back in his 50s. He was the CEO and chairman of First Tennessee Bank. They sold them at Life, just one of the most respected, wonderful leaders. And uh, he would always tell me, Daniel, dream bigger, dream bigger. Come on. There's no reason for you not. To... Why not you? Why not us? And, and I love that. And Jerry always signs off with me, and he, he's known for it. Daniel, you better believe this. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And that's been really good for me. Um, You know, I think of him and I think of others that have told me that, you know, once you have your vision, your job is now to surround yourself with the absolute best of the best. You need the A-team. In order to accomplish a big vision and once you've surrounded yourself with the best of the best you're not the smartest in the room you figure out how to resource all of the smartest in the room so they make the right decisions and you influence them in ways that enable them to move you forward to that vision that's your job you figure out how to get obstacles out of their way so they can get the work done it's leadership so
0: i love that I mean, i love a lot of what you said what i really really love is like why not you right why not you yeah. why not us i love that that's beautiful well, Daniel, my last question, if people would like to get in contact with you from Building Champions as well as pack please share that with the listeners how they can get in contact with
1: you. Yeah. So if you're looking for executive coaching or leadership development services or products, go to buildingchampions.com. If you're looking for mentorship and life planning, and you're in that demographic of 15 to 30, you either want to be a planner, you want somebody to help you build a plan for your life, and you want to have a mentor. Or maybe you've got a lot of passion for this demographic. You'd love to be certified as one of our guides or whether you represent a business and you'd like to be a financial partner. This is a not-for-profit that I'm helping to fund along with other corporate partners. You can find us at setpath.com. And uh, right now we're in that beta year. We're building and tweaking and working it through, but there's opportunities in 2021, but we're going to scale in 2022. So You can find me on social media. I'm not all that active, but I do put content out on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Once in a while, a a family pic or a a surf pic or something on Instagram. Twitter from time to time, Daniel Harkavy, H-A-R-K-A-V-Y. Jackie, you can put that in the show notes and they can just kind of find us there. That's
0: awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And you definitely shared how you are showing up and being a visionary leader and definitely making a huge impact on society. So thank you for sharing your wisdom, your words, and definitely your heart with everyone today. So it's been a pleasure, Daniel.
1: Well, Jackie, thanks for having me. And thank you for partnering with me at Set Path. You're playing a key role and together we're going to do some fun things. So thank thank you.
0: Take care, Daniel.
1: You too.